Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have Darius Slayton. Six foot one, 190 pounds, 24 years old, was a fifth round pick out of the off out of Auburn. Made an immediate impact as a rookie. First game was, you know, Tampa Bay week three, Daniel Jones debut, and made some, you know, had a big play in that game and made some plays. In 2020, he took on the wide receiver one role. And he had 50 catches, 751 yards, three touchdowns on a 52% catch rate. Which was essentially the same exact stats he had as a rookie. Where in two less games, he had 48 catches, two less, 740 yards, 11 less yards. And eight touchdowns, five more touchdowns on a 57% catch rate. Justin, a big question for us going into 2020 was, can Darius Slayton be the number one? We saw week one. Maybe my biggest overreaction of the year and said yes. And now we know that he cannot be or should not be. Yeah, sh- I think should not, cannot be and should not be. You know, I think they work uh, hand in hand with each other. And Bobby, really, the stat that I think contextualizes Darius Slayton's 2020 the most is that he was eighth in the NFL in percentage of teams air yards with 34.44%, right next to guys like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Tyree McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, and Justin Jefferson. Darius Slayton received 40% of the team's targets from 15-plus yards last year. So he, when he was targeted, I mean, obviously getting 90 targets is a decent amount. You know, usually your number one will get 120, 130 targets. You know, he didn't play exactly 100% of the snaps. I think he played like 86, 87% of the snaps. But still, <laughs> I mean, when you're being listed next to guys like that in terms of the amount of targets that you're getting or just in terms of air yards I'm speaking of here when you're next to those guys those are number one wide receivers and they're like some of the best wide receivers in the NFL and Darius Slayton is the outlier on that list and simply he should not be relied on like that like a Tyreek Hill like a Justin Jefferson I think that goes without saying but still I'm like stuck in this mode with Darius Slayton where I'm kind of frustrated with this 2020 because you know, we didn't see the same big play potential that we saw in 2019, but then you have to remember, well, this is Jason Garrett, and then you have to, you know, kind of keep in the back of your brain, I guess, well, that ankle injury that we think that he sustained against Washington, that beautiful, like, 40, 30-yard touchdown that he had against Washington where he was in the back corner of the end zone, the left corner of the end zone, he came up limping a little bit there. You know, maybe we're looking at Darius Slayton's 2020 where, He misses two weeks because of an ankle sprain, let's say, hypothetically. He misses two weeks, and then he finishes the season somewhat off well. And we're like, oh, yeah, but he missed the two weeks, and if he doesn't miss the two weeks, then he has a really good 16-game season. But he played through it, and Sterling Shepard didn't play through it. Golden Tate was missing even when he was on the football field, so I still kind of give credit to Slayton being on the field even when he was hurt, maybe not 100%. Yeah, he had 200-plus yard games in, in the first five games of the season, week one versus Pittsburgh, and then versus Dallas. You know, he has uh, that touchdown versus Washington to start the game. And, you know, the offense was down, down as a whole. Part, a lot, big part of that was wide receiver um, play. And, you know, when I said that he had this, basically the same exact stats in two less games as a wide receiver one than he did his rookie season, some has to do with Sher- the Shermer-Garrett dynamic. Like that, like that, no da- yeah. Like, that no doubt has something to do with it. But, man, I really do think him getting cornerback one treatment with the safety over the top made a difference. You know what I mean? Like, and I think Pittsburgh, yep. maybe teams weren't going to do that. You know, like that that touchdown versus Pittsburgh to in the second quarter was a play where they did max play action. 
they had no safety over the top and you have you know or you know they didn't have that safety shading over and it was a it was a touchdown you know and you remember some of the plays uh, from his rookie season you know the two touchdowns versus Detroit didn't have safety help over the top um you know not great cornerback play Darius Darius Slay was out that game versus Detroit you know the Minnesota game Sterling Shepard was getting the wide receiver one treatment on the outside so I really do think he suffered from that um plus you know maybe something to do with the ankle but I also like his rookie season wasn't fake either those weren't eight fake touchdowns like they were they like he was a very big bright spot so he got what happened with Darius is he got overrated but now I think it's totally swung to now where he's like kind of underrated by a lot of people because I really do like Darius Slayton now that we have a one wide receiver one to pair with him if we're if we have if we didn't get Kenny Galladay it would and Kadarius Tony was the draft pick still We'd probably be like, this is not a great spot for Darius Slayton, but Kenny Galladay, I really do, and I've repeated this take a million times over the offseason, is besides Daniel Jones, the biggest benefactor uh, of the Kenny Galladay signing is Darius Slayton. Yeah, I I can't help but agree with you on that. When Darius Slayton was targeted over 20 yards down the field, his average depth of target was 30 yards. So what that kind of tells me is it's not really closer to 20 where when he was targeted deep, they targeted him him deep. And really, you know, there was no kind of diverse way to get Darius Slayton the ball besides just a streaker post down the field. You know, I, I actually was going back on some old tweets that I had from, you know, the 2019 season doing some old 22 when I did a little bit more of that. And I made like um, a little bit of a compilation of Darius Slayton comeback routes, you know, Big, and I'm not just talking about stick concept where you're running to the sticks and turning around like the Jason Garrett Classic, but I'm talking big swooping comeback routes where they're 15 yards down the field and kind of, I guess, still considered in the intermediate part of field because you're coming back to the football. Getting Darius Slayton the ball, and I guess you could say this about any football player, and we've been saying about it to Evan Ingram for years, right? Getting Darius Slayton the ball in more diverse ways besides just running a streak down the field, I think that kind of needs to be a priority. Where I wasn't really happy with Slayton's 2020 performance is six drops. Yeah, big Some of them were costly, but four of them came from the zero to nine yard range, which I don't know if Darius Slayton is ever going to be the kind of receiver where we're going to be consistently relying on creating separation and having consistent catches within that zero to nine intermediate range. Darius Slayton, so far in his career, he's been a guy that's going to catch the ball you know, yards per reception, 15 yards down the field, and his average depth of target is going to be like 13 yards and above. So that's kind of like where he lives and breeds, but also that's not where Jason Garrett lives and breeds. Some of his drops were really big. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Remember Chicago? We forget about that one. Third down in the red zone. He doesn't drop that pass. Yep. Maybe we win that game. Philly, now we ended up winning that game, but the second Philly game, remember the the another third down? They were running mesh. Wide open Darius Slayton, hits him in the hands, drops it. You know, he had another one versus Dallas. And then remember the Daniel Jones, like, 70 air yards? And it and it goes through Darius Slayton's hands versus Cincy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, he, yes. so he had some big drops, and that's on him. And that was kind of a concern coming out of Auburn. It showed up a little bit as a rookie, but he was making, like, other plays to where we didn't remember those as much. Um, so, you know, he has he has to clean that up because – you know, we're, we're looking to fight for the playoffs this year. And that can be the difference of playoffs and not making the playoffs. And you maybe could say it was last year. But you know what? Every, every receiver does have drops. So I'm not putting messing the playoffs on Darius Slayton from last year. 
But what he is good at is beating press coverage, press man coverage. And especially if he's not facing cornerback ones, is what he's good at. Like he's like you play press man, and you saw it a lot of times where Darius Slayton was when they didn't have the safety at the top, he would literally just point out to it to Daniel Jones, be like, "Look, look," and that re- that led to some of his big plays, you know. And, and a lot of like you said, now I do want it to be more diverse than just beating press and and running fades and go balls, but that also is what made us like Darius Slayton was those plays, you know. Right. Right. You know, it's funny how I'm a I'm always a fan of philosophically when talking about football of big explosive plays, but then when I break down individual players, I'm like I want more consistency out of you and moving the chain. So I need to find the happy medium there. Uh, but Bobby Skinner, you know, when looking at you know his yards per game and his catches per game, you know, particularly last year, it's kind of been the same throughout the first two years of his career. You know, 3.1 receptions per game, 3.4 receptions per game, uh, 2020 and then 2019, respectively. And then the yards per game went down a little bit in 2020, but it was still relatively the same, around 47 to 53. You know, that's that's been his range. So is it crazy that even though we have Kenny Galladay, hopefully Kadarius Tony's going to be here, hopefully Sterling Shepard's going to be here, even though I am expecting Sterling Shepard to miss time because I think you should, you just should expect that at this point. What I want, I want a whole reception more, and I want 10 more yards. If he ends the year at four yards, 66, at four catches, 66 yards per game, I'm good with that. 66 is a lot for the not one number one guy. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 56, okay. because he that had 47 right. last year. So, I mean, 50, like 57 to 60, that's what I meant. Let's say 50, 55 sounds fair to me, 55, because, you know, we're not expecting us to be, if we were the Chiefs, you know, if we had Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, yeah, but we don't. We have uh, Jason Garrett and uh, Daniel Jones, who's on a prove-it year, yeah. on a team that probably wants to run the ball a little more than most teams. Yeah, yeah. Quarters one through three last year, and this is where this is where all the wide receivers. I think Darius Slayton was hurt by this the most, um, because most of his big plays came on third down. First and second down, they they came largely in the beginning of the season, but then as the Giants, I think I think the Giants got more conservative as the year went on in terms of uh, them running the ball. Most of his big plays came on third down where you kind of have to make a big play. But the Giants in quarters one through three, they had one of the highest rush rates in the National Football League. And then in the fourth quarter, they had one of the highest throw throw rates in the fourth quarter. Uh, because uh, Throw rates in the fourth quarter because they were behind in games. So I think hopefully that's balanced out at least a little bit more where we're throwing the ball a little bit more um, throughout the game. And hopefully we're on the ball more in the fourth quarter because we're winning. Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm very excited for Darius Slayton. Like, I can't wait to see how he looks this year with the addition of Kenny Galladay. Like he's like I said, he's good at beating press man, stacking, getting in front of that corner, and getting contested catches with his four three nine speed. Like, let's not forget he has four three nine speed, a thirty nine inch vertical. Like he had an awesome combine. He has the speed and the ability to go up and and make some play. So I'm excited for him. You know, part of him and Daniel Jones' connection is what gets me excited for Kenny Galladay because, like, okay, we see how this can work. Now you add Kenny Galladay instead of Darius Slayton. But I really do think, man, like, I'm excited to see what this year means for Darius Slayton because, honestly, it can – like I said, he went from people being, like, wide receiver one to now people are like, I don't even know if he's a wide receiver three, which I, I just flat out disagree with. I think he is your number two wide receiver on the outside, and I think that's going to be a good role for him going forward If as long as he's got good QB and decent offensive coordinator play going forward. So anything else you got on Darius Slayton? Nope. 
Um, big piece of what we got to do uh, this year. Be in- interested to see how his role kind of morph- morphs because if you're talking about can- is he just like a carbon copy of Kenny Galde in terms of the role that they kind of play and how good is Kadarius Tony going to be and what are they planned for Sterling Shepard? It's going to be a fun year, hopefully, for this wide receiver corpse and hopefully a fun year for Darius Slayton so we can stick yep, around. And, and to we'll finish it off real quick, but, you know, we had a conversation with who should they invest more in in our wide receiver review at the end of the year, Shepard or Slayton? And I said Slayton, and I think the Kadarius Tony draft pick signals that. So, all right, let's take a break. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. We've got Danny Shelton, the defensive tackle. The specifically, not specifically, specifically nose tackle. Six foot two, 345 pounds. That's a lie. That is a lie. He is heavier than 345 pounds. That's going to turn 28 in a couple of weeks. Former first round pick. Justin. The Giants signed him on a one-year, $1.1 million deal. And what I think might be the most underrated move of the offseason was getting Danny Shelton in on that contract, considering that Dalvin got $11 million uh, average annual value. He had 37 tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a sack last year. Uh, missed some games. and He missed four games. And so in 2019, with he, when he was with Joe Judge and the Patriots, had 61 tackles, three sacks, and two tackles for a loss. We're going to compare him a little bit to Dalvin on this. And he is not the playmaker that Dalvin Tomlinson is. But he is the two-gap playing both sides of the center run stuffer that Dalvin is. But he's not going to – he doesn't have the athleticism to make plays on top of that. How in the world did Austin Johnson get paid more than twice than Danny Shelton? That's a crime. That should be a crime. It just doesn't – that doesn't make any sense. It (laughs) does not make any sense that that happened. Should should be a crime. Um, You know, ultimately – you know, this episode, spoiler, it's going to be a lot of kind of comparing Danny Shelton to Dalvin Tomlinson. And, you know, I guess we'll just say this to kind of get started. There, I would like to say that there is no comparing those guys. I think Dalvin Tomlinson is very much a better football player. You know, and this isn't a knock on Danny Shelton. It's more just towards credit for Dalvin Tomlinson. Well, it just shows da- up in the numbers. I mean, it, yeah, Dalvin has 15 tackles for a loss for the ta- last two seasons. Danny Shelton has four. That's a big difference. Dalvin has seven sacks the last two seasons. Shelton surprisingly has four, which isn't that much difference, but that is a pretty that is a, a, a decent difference. That could be the that could be the difference of three drives ending or not during a during a season. So it's like it's a very clear downgrade from Dalvin Tomlinson, but I still think it's the most underrated move of the se- of the offseason when you consider that you have Dexter Lawrence and Land Williams on this defensive line too. Yeah, and and the fact that, you know, you probably you you definitely said it. 2 years 22 million, that's what Dalvin Tomlinson's getting. And then just look at the snap shares in terms of how often they're on the football field. You know, Danny Shelton last 2 years has played 44% and 49% of the snaps the last 2 seasons. Dalvin only played 60% of the snaps last year, and usually he's around 54%. I think last year, you know, it being his contract year, it being his 5th year and you know, hey, like you're, or, you know, fourth year, excuse me, you know, you're being relied on a ton, you know, let's increase your snap share a little bit, which I wanted the Giants to do. But in retrospect, because the Giants have really good depth, if Danny Shelton finishes this year with 45% of the 
defensive snaps played and, you know, he's primarily a run stuffer anyway. And we have the depth. I'm looking at that saying, yeah, you know, that's really worth it. And this signing and this guy, it's really all about value. And hopefully we're finishing the year saying that this isn't that this isn't just good value. This is great value. And I'm pretty confident we will be. But even with that snap share where you say 44 percent, he missed four games. So you want, you want to hear oh. something that's crazy? Because, we you know, something, a talking point that I've had over the offseason and, and when I really look at it, it was wrong was like, oh, yeah, is Shelton going to be able to play the amount of snaps that Dalvin Tomlinson? No. But, you you know, you increase Austin Johnson. Danny Shelton played more than Dalvin Tomlinson when he was healthy. It's per game snaps. And, like, Dalvin for the season was 60%, which was his highest of his career. Danny Shelton, percent 60%, 63%, 58%, 74%, 50%, 72%, 61%, 43%, 47%, 73%. And then he then he got uh, injured mid-game, and then he played week 17. They only played him 38% of the snaps. He played more. Now, I do expect him to be around Dalvin's like 2019, around 55, because Dalvin's just a better player. And the Giants have Dexter Lawrence and Larry Williams. But... I, I was kind of like, oh, he's not going to be able to play the snapshot that Dalvin did. It's like, well, he he does. He flat out does. Again, I, I do see him around that 55%, but I don't think Austin Johnson is going to have a huge increased role. And Danny Shelton became available a little later in free agency, and I think maybe they don't give Austin Johnson that contract. But regardless, Danny Shelton is the clear nose tackle. I think Austin Johnson will probably play right around the same amount of reps because Danny, she- Danny Shelton is a... You know, we talk about him being a downgrade from Dalvin. He has a, a much big, a much bigger upgrade than uh, Austin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd certainly say so. He's a mammoth of a human being. What, or what, what do we realistically expect him? To, he's got to be close to three sixty. I gotta think be. he's. Yeah, I, th- I, I think he's between three sixty, three seventy. Yeah, I mean, even next to Dexter Lawrence, it's. I think Dexter has maybe an inch or two on him, but seeing he's those noticeably bigger than everyone else on the D line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the only person who might be, I hate saying this and saying it's fatter, might be Joe Looney, but I don't even think so. No. Um, so here's my simpleton rudimentary evaluation of Danny Shelton before you get into the specifics of his game. He's a space eater, where Dalvin Thompson was more than just a space eater. You know, he was a mover, plus he made plays. Where Danny Shelton, you know, he may make some plays every once in a while in the run game, but he's never going to stuff the stat sheet with a ton of tackles for loss, ton of sacks, ton of tackles. But he is a space eater, and, you know, he's going to mess up plays where if there is a pulling guard, he's going to disrupt the pulling guard from getting to the linebacker, and he's going to get in their way, and then that's going to allow somebody else to come up and make a play. So space eater is the are the two words that I kind of describe Danny Shelton's game. I'll let you go with the specifics and film of his game, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and the run game, like you said, he's going to control those A-gaps. He's going to stop that center. But you know what he's not going to do? Be, be able to do? He's not going to be athletic enough to really make those tackles for a loss. You know, where if when he beats a player, you know, when he beats the center in front of him, where Dalvin would be able to track that guy down and make a tackle for a loss, Shelton's making the play for the other guys, you know. So I think that, will, you know, Dex and, and Leo should be – Almost a little happier that they have Danny because he's not going to take some of those maybe stats away. Or, you know, Blake Martinez tackles for a loss might go up. Like, as a pass rusher, can he push the center back the same way Dalvin did? Yeah. But you know what he's not going to do? He's not He's not a threat to get to the quarterback. He'll have a sack or two this year, but he's not a threat to get to the quarterback. Dalvin Thomason somewhat was. He was athletic enough. So it's just he doesn't have the athleticism, the speed, agility that Dalvin has. But he has the ability to control his gaps, 
which is so huge in this defense, and as a center or as a pass rusher to get penetration. Now he's not gonna win. He's not gonna make the playoff of that penetration, but his penetration is gonna help for guys winning their own one-on-one battles or guys looping around. And there's also better linebacker play, at least in my opinion, on the Giants, at least with Blake Martinez versus what the Lions had last year. I think what, the both Ma- of- what Matt Patricia did, even just play, he had Jamie Collins as just like a stand-up inside linebacker. Like Matt Patricia not only was an asshole, he was just a horrible coach. <laughs> yeah. So better linebacker play uh, out of the Giants versus uh, the Lions as well. So if there's better linebacker play, then Danny Shelton can help set the table for more plays to be made by linebackers. You know, hopefully our edge rushers are uh, exist more this year than they did last year. Cause really that's what Danny Shelton is. He, he is a, you know, a one year, $1 million guy who is going to really, really help set the table um, for the, everybody around him. So here's a question I want to ask you. Cause I feel like not a lot of people are talking about Danny Shelton. He, you know, like he is, he is an underrated guy and you might've said, start off the show. Are we, I'm going to say this. Are you putting too much pressure on Danny Shelton to perform this year? No, because I'm just asking him to be what he has always been. Okay. Which is a guy who's going to set up for other guys to make plays. You know, like I'm I'm not going to look at Danny Shetland's tackles for a loss and sacks at the end of the year and grade him off of that. Yep. I'm going to grade off, off the impact he had against centers and guards. And allowing plays to be made for Blake Martinez, the Tay Crowders, the Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Thomas, and those those guys. So, where Dalvin, you did because you expected more out of him. Where like, however many tackle, like if he gives you more than you know three tackles for a loss and the sack, that's that's all bonus to me because that's just not what I expect out of him. But I do expect him to be the clear cut nose tackle and to play a good amount of reps. You know, if he's playing if he's playing twenty five percent of the snaps and Austin. Here's the only way is, is one, he just plays bad. But if Austin Johnson is like right there mixed with him as far as like reps taken, because that yeah. should not happen. Danny Shelton should have much more expected out of him than Austin Johnson does. He's turning 28 very soon. Um, i thinking like two 14? weeks, August 20th. Yeah, so very, very soon. Hmm. This may be now. I, apparently, next year's draft is littered with interior defense alignment. That, those are the those are the things that I'm hearing. Demarvin uh, Leal. There's another one. We talked about one. I can't remember what his name is. Anyways, but I'm just thinking about could this be a guy, especially for a team that the Giants will be win now next year. God willing, God willing, we win ten games this year, and the Giants are a hey, you know, Saquon window, Daniel Jones window. It's kind of right now. Let's do it right now. So this could be a guy that's like a two-year, you know, $10 million, $7 million guy if he performs well this year and he performs better than maybe some people think and he outperforms the one-year, one, $1 million contract. You know, maybe this is a guy that we just extend for one or two years or we kind of let him go. So that, that's, that's my, you know, how about this? Expectation, projection for Danny Shelton, convince us to stay in blue next year. That's my projection, and I think he will. There you faux go. show, faux show, Danny boy. The, all right, Danny Shelton, be a freaking man, you big old, you big old slung gun. Like he, he's a big old dude, man. Um, Mammoth. you know what? Be good, be be cool, dude, and make make. I want Danny Shelton to be one of the guys that's like a must interview for us next offseason. That's that's should be the goal for Danny Shelton. Make like yourself that. a must interview for Talking Giants. I like that. All right, anything else before we uh before we roll? Nope. Mammoth of a human being. Let's do it. 
I appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go Big Blue.